0: Welcome to the Building Up Leaders in Property podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Bangura, and I'm thrilled to have you here with me today. Whether you're an emerging leader or a seasoned manager in the property and construction industry, this podcast will help you elevate your leadership, build a cohesive team, and have more impact. Join me every week where I'll leave you excited and confident to take your next steps. Thanks for being here with me. Now let's get started. You need to hear today's episode. We are talking about breaking barriers and specifically a blueprint to inclusion. And I know that it's easy to think that we are already inclusive as individuals, but I want to remind you that inclusion is something that takes intention and continuous work. And I want to remind you today that no matter how great a leader you are, no matter how great a teammate you are. Inclusion is something that requires intention and it requires continuous work and we need to be able to have these open conversations about inclusion and what it means, what it doesn't mean and how we can do it better so that we can make sure everyone shows up to work and delivers their best results and that goes for you as an individual but also the people we work with, our clients, our customers and our peers. And I know that this conversation can feel a little uncomfortable for people. We hate to think of ourselves as doing something wrong or being the person who perhaps doesn't create the most welcoming and supportive environment for people. But the truth is, we all have our blind spots. And until we can really come to the table and have these conversations in an open and constructive and meaningful way, our industry will not change. Because until we do, we will continue to see Underrepresentation, representation We will also see disengagement. And the result is that as an industry, we will not benefit from accessing the full talent pool that is available to us. We will lose out on so many brilliant minds and brilliant contributors, and we will not benefit from diversity. And let's be clear, diversity increases Bottom lines: it increases retention, it increases engagement, and it makes society a better place. And we need to focus on diversity, but diversity is only one part of it. If we don't actually then create environments and situations that are genuinely inclusive, then the diversity metrics become irrelevant because we are not activating that talent we have and we are not bringing out the best in our people. So with that all said, what is inclusive leadership? When we talk about inclusive leadership, we are talking about a leadership style that actively seeks to recognise and include and genuinely value diverse perspectives and backgrounds. It's about creating that environment that is safe for people to speak up and contribute where people feel valued and empowered to do their best work. Now, as I said in the intro, inclusive teams get better results. All the studies show this. They also show higher retention rates. They show more collaboration, more connection, and more creativity. And these are all things that are crucial to drive success in our organisations. And I think each and every one of us knows what it feels like to be included, and we know what it feels like to be excluded, right? Whether we are thinking back to being at school, being younger and being excluded from a team or, or being the last kid to get picked for a game of rounders. We all have some experience of feeling on the outer and it feels terrible, right? And studies from Naomi Eisenberger at UCLA actually show that when we are excluded, we feel physical pain, right? It's not just an emotional response. It is something that we physically feel. And that's the same whether that exclusion is intentional or not, And that's why it's so important to recognise that as humans and as leaders, quite often exclusion is an accident. It's an oversight or a misstep. It is not intentional, but the outcome, the impact that that has on people doesn't change whether it was intentional or not. People still feel it and it still affects how they work, how they show up and how they feel about being there. And that all impacts contribution and ultimately bottom lines. And so it's up to every single one of us, whether we lead a team, whether we aspire to lead a team, whether we are just part of a team, that we show up with inclusivity as part of our agenda. It needs to be something that every single one of us actively strives for and actively commits to. And this isn't about getting it right every single time. Again, we're human. We will make mistakes. But it's about the desire to do better. And it's about calling things out when they're not how they should be and taking corrective steps when we need to. And that requires humility. It requires grace. And it requires a huge amount of trust with the people we work with because we need to be able to talk up about things. We need to be able to say, hey, this didn't feel right or I noticed that this wasn't inclusive and we need to commit to getting better from there. And I was reminded how crucial inclusivity is And how easy it is to be overlooked. Recently, when I was working with a team, this team was seemingly operating quite well together. But as we dug around, it became very clear that there were some trust issues and there was some broader dysfunction. And as I met with people, as I spoke to them and kind of tried to piece together what was going on and, and how we could make this relationship better and really create better results for the team, to bring them up to being the high-functioning team they aspired to be, what kept coming up was one particular thing, and it was all about an organisational chart that had been distributed months and months ago. And what had happened was one person was left off this chart completely and three other people had different job titles on there. And this org chart had been distributed by an executive manager and the mistakes and the exclusion of someone had had a profound impact on this team not only for the person that's excluded, but for everyone involved. Because silently, everyone saw this org chart. They noticed the person was missing. They noticed that there were job changes. They noticed that things were wrong and they didn't know what was going on. Were these changes intentional? Was this the way of communicating job changes? And the impact of this org chart was huge. Because firstly, for the person who is excluded, they opened this And suddenly went from feeling like a contributing, valued member of the team to being invisible. And of course, in their mind, why was I missed off? Right? All these questions start to come up. Am I not valued in the team? Am I not seen as staying in the team? Is my job at risk? What is going on? And what happens as humans if we don't have all the information? we start to fill in the blanks for ourselves. We start to make stories up and draw conclusions to help us better understand information. And often our mind will go to the worst case scenario. And this is particularly true if you are from a minority group, right? If you are from a minority and something like this happens, you will see that as a representation of your value and you will bring to that situation all the other experiences you've had of exclusion. And this will have a really profound impact on you. And it did for this person. And the result was this one team member went from being a high performer who was taking on stretch projects, who was consistently delivering exceptional results to being an average performer in a period of a couple of months because it eroded at her sense of value and contribution. And suddenly she had thought that if I'm not even valuable enough to be recognized on this chart then my contribution doesn't matter. Now, to a lesser degree, those people with different roles on the org chart, again, questioned, what's going on? Is there something I don't know? And as humans, we do not perform our best when things are ambiguous. We like certainty. We like to know what we're doing and what we're trying to achieve. And these little seemingly insignificant mistakes have a huge impact on us as individuals and how we show up. Now, stepping away from those people that were actually impacted by Emissions and errors on the org chart, everyone else in the team started to question what this all meant as well. They started to wonder why people were left off. Suddenly, disharmony started to rumble. Everyone started to feel uncomfortable. Everyone was wondering what was going on. And most of that rumbling happened behind closed doors. So people weren't talking about it. No one in a public forum went to the leader and said, What's going on? Can you please clarify? And what came out was that leader, even though they had recognised there had been mistakes when it went out, they didn't correct them. So they didn't then say, apologies, incorrect org chart attached, please find the updated org chart here. They actually remained silent on it. And I think subsequently they might have had a few private conversations with people but the damage was done. And at the organizational level, things were not corrected. They had not made the situation right. And it is such a simple thing. But over the course of a couple of months, the result of this org chart was that this high performing team went to being an average performing team with a lot of disengagement. And simply the team stopped wanting to be there. They stopped wanting to give it their all. Hey there. I'm interrupting today's episode because I want to share something special with you. If you've been on a leadership journey with me through this podcast, you know that I'm all about empowering leaders. Now, I have exciting news. I'm about to open the doors for a new intake of coaching clients who are ready to take their leadership skills to the next level and achieve outstanding results. If you're eager to create sustainable success as a leader, I invite you to explore how my exclusive coaching program can help you reach your goal. Whether you're an emerging leader or a seasoned manager, this program is customized to get you results. Don't miss out on this opportunity to invest in your growth as a leader. To learn more, simply visit my website, rebeccabangura.com, or you can find the link in the show notes. This is your chance to discover if the coaching program is the right fit for you. Okay, now let's get back to today's episode. And that shift from feeling valued to suddenly not is huge, right? That is where people start ticking the box to do their jobs and we just don't get the best out of people. And people don't have fun. People don't enjoy being there. And that has a huge impact to culture and also to trust within an organisation. And once these things are eroded, it takes a lot of time and effort to re-establish that trust and to get a team back up and running. And this is exactly the journey I took this team on from having low trust from not feeling comfortable to speak up to feeling undervalued to getting them back on track to having open conversations to making sure everyone is valued everyone is recognized and everyone is safe to speak up and contribute and it it took work but they got back to being the high performing and high functioning team that they were. And I share all of this because it is so easy to overlook things. It is so easy to make mistakes. But inclusion is crucial to the success of any team and any leader and any organization. And we need to constantly, as leaders, as teammates, as peers, be checking ourselves and checking each other and holding each other accountable to a standard where we ensure everyone is valued, everyone is recognized, and everyone feels safe to speak up and contribute. Because the truth is we all have unconscious biases that come into play. We also have cultural and systemic challenges that sometimes make it hard to be inclusive. And we're often resistant to change. We feel uncomfortable doing things we've never done before. And often it's just not front of mind. And this is why we each need to really take ownership and make sure that this is at the forefront of our personal agendas, of our team agendas and our organization's agenda. We need to be able to speak up and call things out, not so that we are naming and shaming people, but so that we are having an honest conversation so we can do better next time and we can correct mistakes in real time so that we don't erode trust and we don't damage relationships and we can sure that everyone shows up and is able to perform at their very best. So how do we do this? The first part is self-awareness. As I said, we need to be able to recognise that this is something we all need to constantly and consciously work on. We need to set that intention and have it as a commitment, both as an individual, but also at a group and an organisational level. We then need to make sure that people have the education. They know what inclusion means. They understand the difference between inclusion, diversity and equity, but also how all these things interrelate and how they come into play. And we can do that through education and training, such as unconscious bias training. But that is not enough. We cannot just do one-off training or occasional training and expect that things will change. We are humans and most of what we do runs on autopilot. We have to have genuine mechanisms that recognise the challenges and support people to shift behaviour over the long term so that we can create meaningful and lasting change. We can do that by having cohesive, strong teams where people are empowered and comfortable to speak up. They trust each other, they hold each other accountable and they hold a standard that everyone is expected to meet and they call that when it doesn't happen. We need to make sure there are formal trainings. We also need to make sure there's also ongoing coaching of people as well as support for people who may be struggling with exclusion and whether that's employee assistance programs or having a way to raise concerns when they don't feel comfortable doing that, raising that with their team or with their manager. So what are the support mechanisms more broadly within the business? Then we also want to think about what are the policies and cultural change that needs to happen? we need to think about the policies within the business. Do they genuinely reflect inclusion? Do we set this as the tone and the standard for the business through our policies and also through our culture? And oftentimes there is a cultural shift that needs to happen. And usually everyone wants to create a genuinely inclusive work environment. We haven't given enough thought and time to how to really do that and that's so much of the work I do with teams and with organisations to help them through this kind of quite often growing pain to get better and to become more robust and inclusive organisations that drive better performance. We need to ensure that people are having the conversations around cultural intelligence and that we are actively developing emotional intelligence in our leaders and in all our team members so that we can pick up on cues and we can address challenges and opportunities in real time instead of waiting until they fester and then have a much bigger impact. And finally, we need to really genuinely empower diverse voices. And this means making sure we have representation, that we seek out and we celebrate people that perhaps are different and that we have a broad spectrum of diversity in our organisations and in our teams. And that we value every single member of our teams and our organizations, not only for their skill set and their experience, but for their unique perspective on the world, their unique ideas. And we promote sharing those ideas with each other. I want you to go away from today's conversation and really think about what are the situations where perhaps inclusion has been missed in your work environment, in your team where you personally may have excluded someone or you may have felt excluded and what happened and what could have been done differently. And again, this is not a one-stop shop. This is not a tick-the-box training that will just solve everything. This issue of inclusion is much more complex than that and it requires ongoing effort. It requires commitment to change and to do that self-reflective work to understand the challenges and the opportunities to do things better and it requires us each to step up to call out mistakes to call out bad behaviors and demand a higher standard not only for ourselves but for our peers and for our organization and our communities and if that's something you would like help with then please get in touch. I work with individual leaders to help them become better leaders and inclusion is absolutely part of that. But I also work with teams and organisations to drive cohesion, to drive inclusivity, diversity and equity, to create high-functioning teams and better results. And I'm so grateful for the impact that my work has in organisations and with individuals. And if you are ready to really step up your game and step up your leadership this year, whether you lead a team or you're an individual contributor, if you are ready to make that change, I am here to support you on that journey. you can find a link in the show notes, and I'm always welcome to a conversation around how I can support you. And remember, how can I be more inclusive in every action I take today? Let's make that top of mind for each and every one of us. Okay, have a beautiful day. Thanks for joining me on the Building Up Leaders in Property podcast. I'm Rebecca Bangura, and if you'd like to learn more about what I do, head over to LinkedIn and connect with me. I'd love to hear from you. Have a beautiful day and I'll see you next time.